0: I'm going to do my best to preach over a bad spirit this morning because my office was vandalized and everything yesterday. And uh, I was going to uh, put one of them on the spot, and I was just going to randomly pick one of you this morning and tell you that because I had to clean my office, I didn't have time to prepare, so you have to preach this morning. So... (laughs) You haven't escaped yet because we haven't said the final amen. So just give you a heads up. So, but uh, we uh, we love our young people and uh, and our children, and we are truly blessed to have them in the house this morning. And uh, so uh, we appreciate your affection. But parents, please know this: no tears are allowed when we repay them with the same type of love. Okay, so. So just, just put that out there. Whatever we do to your child, will be done in love, okay? So just, and if that affects your property, you shouldn't let them live there. I'm just, so, all right? So, but, uh, but we'll, we'll be gentle, I'm sure. But those of you going to class, feel free to do so at this time. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I am going to just jump in this morning Hebrews chapter number 12 Hebrews chapter number 12 this morning out of reverence for the word if you're able if you're not able I totally understand but if you're able this morning I'm going to invite you to stand for the reading of God's word this morning and as I listened to the the songs they were singing this morning the exhortation uh, it lets me know, I believe, that uh, I'm where I need to be this morning. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse number 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, somebody say us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us, and let us run, somebody say run. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. Tell your neighbor, say, look unto, look unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest you be wearied and faint in your minds for a few moments this morning I want to talk to you about this this thought let faith arise let's pray dear heavenly father we love you this morning I thank you for your word I thank you for your people and I thank you for this opportunity to once again stand in this sacred place Father, today I ask that I would decrease so that you could increase. I ask that you would anoint this vessel, Lord, to speak that which you have given me, Lord, so lives could be transformed to change for your glory and by your power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. We find that if you was to read Jeremiah chapter number 2, Verse number 13, the Lord says, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me and the fountain of living waters, and they have queued out cisterns, broken sisters, that can hold no water. I believe that is a very powerful statement, and I could preach on that this morning, but I say that this morning and share that passage with you because I find out that In ancient Israel, just like currently today, people lost their way. And right now, how many knows we live in a busy world? Amen. You might kill my monitor just a little bit. I got a roar up here, Keaton. Thank you, sir. We find this morning that much like then, we are in a place where not only are we challenged, but we are so distracted by so much noise, it's often hard for us to really focus on much of anything. So it goes without saying today that we find ourselves in unusual times. It does not take long to compile a list of truths that describe the hour in which we currently are living. Now this may seem a little dark at the beginning, but if you'll stay with me, I promise, we're gonna end on a high note this morning. But if I was to give you just a few things to describe where we are right now, it could be the following. Gross darkness is everywhere. Trouble of all sorts is on the horizon. Apathy and rebellion is present amongst the believers. Division is now the new commonplace in our society. America, like many other nations, is in a downward spiral of destruction on more levels than one. Our children are been indoctrinated by those who have given themselves completely over to the kingdom of darkness. Our homes are in the crosshairs of the enemy today, and our houses of worship have been infiltrated by hell itself, not to mention The overreach of many in very high offices of our land as well as even offices in the church. We have a generation today, unfortunately, that does not even know who they are. Our boys think they're girls while our girls think that they're boys. And if that isn't even enough, we have a group that is self-identifying as other things outside of the human realm altogether. The need for change cannot be ignored this morning. Much like Paul, when he took a moment and surveyed the condition of the great city Athens, in Acts chapter 17, verse number 16, it says, His spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. I would ask the question this morning how stirred is your spirit? The result of this stirring led to an awakening of Paul's faith in such a manner. If you read latter part of chapter number 17, daily he was talking with the people and daily he was reasoning in the synagogue. Notice it wasn't just on the Sabbath day that he was concerned. Because there was an awakening in his spirit that he said this, I can't wait till the next Sabbath day to tell somebody about Jesus. But every day in a city that had given itself wholly to idolatry, he was found making the case that Jesus Christ is Lord. How many times did you tell somebody this week that Jesus is Lord? Just asking. That's why we see him in his final moments, some of the final writings that he penned, was to a man by the name of Timothy and you know the passage well but in second Timothy chapter 1 verses 5 through 9 he says when i call to remembrance the unfinged faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother lois and in thy mother Eunice and he said i am persuaded that it is also in you he said wherefore i i remember the day that i put my hands upon you And he says, wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But he didn't stop there. He then went and he said, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. You say, why is that important? What Paul was really telling Timothy is this. It does not matter what's going on around you. It does not matter what others may say, think, or do, but let faith arise in you at all times. Church, this morning, I come with a simple message to tell you it's time to let faith once again arise in you. We need men and women to stand up and be ones that would contend for the faith that was once given to the saints. Notice our text this morning simply says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which do us so easily beset us. To lay aside simply means to separate from while beset simply means uh, to be attacked on all sides or to be surrounded or to see or experience something be laid upon you. I believe that it goes without saying today that we are witnessing the church in this nation as well as other nations of the world go through a time of intensity in the attacking of the demonic forces of hell. Can I tell you today, We can bury our head in the sand and think it's all going to be fine and it's all going to be different. But the only way there's going to be a change is if somebody will let faith arise and begin to contend for this thing. Uh, Listen, uh, there is too many men and women that came before us that fought the good fight of faith uh, that paved the way for you and I to enjoy what we're doing right now for us to sit down and do nothing. Uh, But it's time no matter what, They may say, no matter what they may think, uh, no matter how they want to label us, uh, no matter how much they kick against the fact uh, and bring uh, falsehoods that there's many ways to heaven. uh, It's time for somebody to stand and begin to proclaim uh, that Jesus Christ is still Lord. Uh, And when we do that, uh, we begin to drive out darkness, uh, and we begin to be the light of the world, uh, and we begin to be a city that's set on a hill uh, and men began to be drawn into the house of God once again. I've come to tell you this morning I'm not making light of your situation. I'm not making light of your difficulty. But what I am saying in the midst of your difficulty, in the midst of your struggle, if you're not careful, you are making your God small. But even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art we- with me. If he is with me, can I tell you I cannot be defeated and I cannot be denied. This morning, we got to get back to being the church that God has called us to be and begin to walk in victory. Can I tell you you got to let faith begin to arise this morning. We must regain our focus and run the race that is set before us with patience. What does that mean? It means that we are to be steady. How many feel steady when they're riding the roller coaster? It's time to get off the roller coaster in your spiritual life and begin to stand. This morning... The writer continues to tell us how we are able to run this thing with patience in the following verse when he says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I know this morning that there's trouble on every side. I know this morning that the weight is heavy. I know this morning that the outlook doesn't Necessarily, look favorable in certain areas and I also know it appears that the damage is very severe however I must remind us we serve a miracle working God it is in this hour if we'll look to Jesus the author and the finish of our faith who still sits on the throne who is still the beginning and who is still the end that there is nothing that he can accomplish Amen. nothing is able to remove him this morning from his place of authority one could not help but experience a change when they themselves began to look unto Jesus i was walking through scripture and I began to be taken back to a story that I read of the great prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter number 6. If you were to read the first five chapters of Isaiah, you will find him say this over and over and over concerning Israel. Woe is you. Woe is you. But something happened. Okay? now, I'm not going to be political this morning, all right, but you can read between the lines however you want. Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. Above it stood the Seaphrams. Each one had six wings. With twine he covered his face. And with twine he covered his feet. And with twine he did fly. And one cried unto the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me. For I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seaframs unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Now let me pause there just for a moment and take you back to Hebrews chapter 3. verse uh, and those first few chapters we read, it says this, let us lay aside every weight and sin which do us so easily beset us. But Isaiah says that when the angelic being touched his lips with the coal, he says, thy iniquity is taken away and thy sin purged. Then he said, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Isaiah had a moment where faith began to arise in him. He was distracted. Because he was burdened down by everything that he saw that was taking place in Israel at that moment. And he would been giving out and giving out and giving out. And he was saying, Woe is you and Woe is you, you gotta get this right, you gotta get that right. But then he failed to understand that he allowed all of this stuff going on around him to get up on him, and therefore he was weighted down. And in the midst of his weighted down, in the midst of the year that King Uzziah died, can I tell you, there's some things that look like it died. But let me just say this. God's never late. He's always on time. They thought Lazarus was dead too. I'll leave that there. Allow me to remind us today. That when you look at Isaiah, there was an awakening and a rising of faith. And he no longer looked at what was going on out there, but he began to look on this right here, and he said this. Woe is me. Church, we have to come to the grips this morning and realize that we've allowed a lot of areas of life to put a lot of stuff on us. It's distracted us. It has made us be weighted down. And if we're not careful, the things that we've uttered from our lips has become sin." Now hear me. It was in that moment when he saw the Lord in the midst of everything that was going on. There was an arising of faith. And that's why you go back to Hebrews. It said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Right now, I understand there's lots of stuff going on. But can I tell you, Jesus is still sitting where he's always sat. We cannot, for the sake of time, walk through every event, but I can show you that when people begin to look unto Jesus, things change in their lives. You and I today have to get back to a place where we are not putting our trust in men, but we are putting our trust in our Heavenly Father for He is the one that goes before us and He is also the one that sustains us. Uh, But let me give you just a few things very quickly before I get to the gist of where I want us to be this morning. And that is this. We find that when you begin to walk through Old Testament Scripture, you find that there was one by the name of Abram whose name was changed to Abraham. Anybody remember him? in order for you to ever get to Genesis 22 where he has been tested by the Lord and the Lord simply says, I want you to take your son, your only son Isaac, I wanna take you on a three day journey. I want you to put him on top of a mountain. I want you to offer him as a sacrifice unto me. And we find that by faith, uh, uh, Abraham begins to do that. Before you can ever get to Genesis 22 though, you gotta go back to Genesis 12, Genesis 15, Genesis 17 because you will find that there was things leading up to it And it was this there was a promise Uh, and the promise was that out of you is going to be uh, a a a thing that happens uh, that's going to touch the world Uh, and we find that as you begin to take this journey with them through those passages of Scripture you will find that when you get to Genesis 17 the word of the Lord says uh, I know you're 90 years old Abraham uh, but also I want you to change uh, I don't want you to call Sariah Sariah anymore I want you to call her Sarah and I at this According to this time next year, she's going to bring forth a son by the name of Isaac, and that is the seed of the promise. Uh, and now we find, and you go to Genesis 22, uh, they get there, and we find that he's walking and he gets the fire, he gets the wood, uh, and Abraham's got his servants. Uh, they, they get their beast and they begin to ride. They come to this mountain, and the Lord says, That's where you're going. You're going to offer your son. But notice what Abraham says uh, He's got Isaac with him, he's got the wood. Uh, He's got everything he needs except for a sacrifice, uh, but he turns to his servants and said, you all wait here, uh, but I and my son uh, are going to go there and we're going to worship the Lord uh, and we're going to come back to you. Uh, Notice uh, in that moment uh, when everything was going on and nothing made sense, uh, faith arose in Abraham uh, and he made a decision uh, and the decision was uh, you know what I don't understand everything uh, but I'm going to walk with my promise Uh, so when he left that beast and his servants uh, and he had a thing of fire and a thing of wood uh, he also had his promise with him uh, and he had come to the realization uh, if it is for me to lay him down on the altar somehow some way there's going to be a resurrection take place uh, because I am not Separating myself from the promise. Uh, can I tell you, there's a lot of dead things going on around us. Uh, there's a lot of noise going on around us, uh, but I have a promise uh, and I am not going to allow anything uh, to separate me uh, from my promise. Uh, he walked with Isaac, talked with Isaac. Uh, some of you need to begin to walk with your promise again uh, that I'll never leave you, never forsake you, but I'll be with you always, even to the end. Uh, you need to walk with the promise where he says, Not only am I your salvation, uh, but I'm your healer. I'm your deliverer. I'm the one that'll set you free. I'm the one that'll make a way for you when there seems to be no way. Can I tell you, we've allowed the world to separate us from the promise, but Abraham said, I'm going to go and do what God says. And every time he stepped, I believe faith began to arise. And God, I don't know what you're going to do, but Lord, i got my promise. I know that it's through Isaac that things are about to change. Can I tell you, it is through this generation uh, that something's about to change. Uh, I'm not going to let go of my promise uh, this morning. It was by faith uh, that Moses' mother uh, hid him for three months. Think about that. Uh, three months, uh, for uh, for three months straight, she took a baby boy uh, that wept and cried uh, when his diaper needed to be changed. Uh, but she still uh, had him hid uh, for three months uh, because she said, I got to protect what the Lord has given me, uh, not knowing uh, what his role was going to be. Uh, but later in life, uh, when men had had tried to dress him with everything that Egypt had. He had been raised in the house of Pharaoh, but there came a day when he said this, I'm not going to identify with what men has clothed me with, but I'm going to identify with the promise of who I am. He said, I know who I am. I'm not an Egyptian. I may look like an Egyptian. I may talk like an Egyptian because I may have that accent because of where I was, but that's not really who I am. Can I tell you, I may be in the world, I may have to live here, but I'm not gonna act like the world because I'm gonna stay attached to the promise because listen, my friend, it was him that was able to go out and make a rod and lift it up and a red sea began to part and Israel walked across on dry ground because he let faith arise in. Hill. How many red seas are still blocking the path of others because of our lack of faith to raise the rod in this hour? We could also talk to you this morning about a man by the name of Joshua that began to hear the instructions of the Lord. Didn't make any sense then. Lots of stuff going on. It looked like it was an impossible feat in front of him when they crossed the Jordan, the great walled city of Jericho. But the Lord said, just begin to walk, just begin to obey. And when faith began to rise, we find that it was just seven days and there was a tearing down of a fortified city. Let me ask the question this morning, could we just simply be seven days away from that thing been torn down in your life if we would just let faith arise? Hear me today, Rahab saved her family, I preached about her not long ago because she let faith arise. We could talk to you about Gideon who won the battle. Who a short time before was hiding in the wine press, threshing. But the Lord said, Gideon, all of a sudden we find him with a handful of men. Begin to experience God move on their behalf. You remember the story, the Lord said, You got too many, you still got too many. The Lord says, I can't get glory. If you go in the manner you are right now, but he had to get to a place where faith arose. Hear me this morning. When faith begins to rise up in somebody, it sets the stage for God's glory to come down. I know we've been through a lot of stuff as a nation, as the body of Christ, even as families. But can I tell you, if faith arises, it's just setting the stage for his glory. Glory. I could talk to you today about Samson who defeated the enemies of Israel, but for the sake of time, I can't. I could talk to you about David who grabbed the beard of the wild beast and slew him, but I don't have time to do that. I could talk to you about David going down to the, the, the little brook and getting five stones and and taking a sling and and destroying a giant but I don't have time to preach that this morning either but I also I could talk to you about Daniel who said I'm gonna pray anyway and he simply went up and opened the windows and looked towards Jerusalem and began to pray and I, I could talk to you about when they came and said we're gonna throw you into the lion's den but I could tell you that because faith was present he slept with the lions uh, and we find that the Lord honored him I could talk to you today as well about Hebrew boys that simply was in a place of captivity but they said we're not going to bow to you we're not careful to answer to you O Nebuchadnezzar but we're going to stand in faith faith rose up in those young boys uh, and there was a fiery furnace that was so hot the strongest men of Nebuchadnezzar was burnt on the outside of the fire but God's three little young men uh, stood and danced around and they didn't have a smell of sm- uh, smoke upon them there wasn't a stitch on their clothes because why is because when faith arises, God is always present. Uh, And can I tell you, he never abandons one that has faith uh, because then they say they look down over and said, what did we not cast three men? Uh, Why is there fourth and why is the fourth uh, the image of the Son of God? Can I tell you, there's a world that's getting ready to look over the balcony in the spiritual realm and they thought we was just three young boys Uh, but they're going to find that God himself is manifesting himself for the church that he died for in this hour, in this season. I could talk to you as well about Peter saying, Lord, if that's really you, bid me to come. And the Lord simply said, come. And Peter walked on water. I could also talk to you. It was already mentioned, Paul and Silas. He felt the foundation of the prison shake uh, because they still just let faith in the midst of their hurting. Not to mention this morning Samuel and the other prophets uh, that subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness and obtained promises. Uh, if he is a God that is, does not change, Can I ask the question this morning, why are we allowing the enemy to steal our joy right right now? What he has done for others, please hear me, he will do for you. Our God has such a track record this morning that it cannot be denied. He's walked on water. He's stilled storms. He's took a few loaves of bread and just a couple of fishes, fed the multitude. And we think he can't do what needs to be done at this moment in our lives. God forgive us this morning. God is so amazing. And his promises are so amazing. That when somebody just gets a glimpse of him. It's amazing what they'll do for him see we could talk about Hebrews chapter 11 by faith they did this and by faith they did that and by faith they did that but when you get to the really nuts and bolts of it it's not the ones that are mentioned that boggles my mind but the ones that caught a glimpse and that's why it says looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith notice What it says, it says women received their dead raised to life again and others in verse number 35 of chapter 11 and others was tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had a trail of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain by the sword and they wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins, been destitute, afflicted and tormented. Then it says, by the way, of whom the world was not worthy of, that they wandered in deserts and in the mountains and dens and caves in the earth and these having all obtained a good report through faith, even though they received not the promise. I began to think on that and I was like, you know what? This is pretty amazing. They saw it in a distance. They saw it far off. But when they really looked at it, even though they hadn't even attained it, it was so powerful they were still willing to die for it. See, it's one thing if you hold a baby in your arms and you say, man, I'll die for that thing. But what about the baby that you see on the other side of the world that you've, that, that you've seen from far off, that you've never held, that you've never touched? Are you willing to die for it? Think about it. See there's some things that God has promised us and there's some things that God has spoken to us and and maybe they've not yet come to fruition and maybe you look in the spirit realm and they're still a long way off and it's like I I just don't know if I'm ever going to obtain it but can I tell you, if you get your eye off the promise uh, and get your eye on the one that gives the promise uh, you'll be willing to die uh, trying to achieve the promise. Just saying. Church, I have to tell us this morning, and I'm going to wrap this up very quickly. Our God is a God that's still sitting in a place of authority. And as I began to simply just spend time along with him this week, I began to hear the Lord just began to say in my spirit, just began to roll over because I was questioning some things and I I was searching for some things. And I just began to hear this roll over and over in my spirit. Just simply tell them, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. This morning, you may be going through some stuff, but it's not over yet. You may have received some bad reports, but it's not over yet. Listen, can I tell you, God is still moving. Just because Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, and all these other quacks don't carry the goodness of God doesn't mean that God's not good. But can I tell you... And I mentioned it on Wednesday and we should have mentioned it last Sunday but we didn't just when we was all here and was praying for sister Sharon's son Matthew uh, the surgeon simply the doctor said in 32 years of practice I've never seen a reversal in the manner that I've seen because why because God's still good can I tell you well uh, when we began to pray for others and God begins to manifest and began to say this and that and listen can I tell you uh, well we prayed for this baby right here just a couple of weeks ago and they said this baby going to have to have a helmet and things all on its head and this and that and we can correct it but you know that's scary stuff for moms and dads they went back to the doctor uh, a few days later guess what no helmets needed for the baby listen I, I say that to glorify the king of kings and lord of lords uh, this morning I'm speaking life uh, over a generation we are not going to set in a place uh, of lack we're not going to set in a place uh, of uncertainty we're not going to set in a place of doubt uh, but I want you to hear me this morning uh, in this house In this local house of worship, it's a place where faith is going to rise. And we are just at the beginning stage of what God is about to do in the earth. I want you to hear me this morning. I hold in my hand the promise of God for a generation. He is not someone that is far off. But can I tell you this morning, in Acts chapter 2, verse number 14, most of you know this passage of Scripture. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said, Said unto them, you men of Judah and all of ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose; seen is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters they shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out in those days of my spirit uh, and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in heaven above uh, and signs in the earth beneath uh, blood and fire and vapor of smoke Uh, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood uh, before that great and noble day of the Lord come Uh, and it shall come to pass uh, that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord uh, shall be saved Uh, but can I tell you uh, we've been in this season for a little about right, right around 2000 Years, But it doesn't stop there. We are in the latter part of the last days. You've heard me preach this multiple times. But there is a time of intensity that is mentioned during this season. And can I tell you that time of intensity was not at the beginning, but it is reserved for the latter. How do I know that? If you go back to the book of Joel chapter 2, 23 through 26, he says, be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the lord your god for he hath given you the former rain moderately and he will cause to come down for you the rain the former rain and the latter rain in the first month and the floor shall be full of wheat and the vat shall overflow with wine and oil and i will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten the cankerworm and the caterpillar and the worm my great army which i sent among you and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the the name of the Lord your God uh, that has dealt wondrously with you uh, and my people shall never be ashamed but it doesn't stop there Haggai chapter two, verse nine. The glory of this latter house uh, shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. Uh, In this place will I give peace, uh, says the Lord of hosts. Uh, I gotta tell you this morning, uh, it's important the terminology that we read uh, when you acknowledge the Lord. Uh, It's not Jehovah, Jireh, my provider. Uh, It's always referenced as uh, the Lord of hosts. Uh, It's a day of war. Uh, He has got his war clothes on uh, and there is something that's about to shift and change. Can I tell you, we are now in a time and a season where the Lord is about to show himself mightily. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27 says this, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. I know we're going through some stuff, but can I tell you what you're going through is a sanctifying and a cleansing process because the latter is about to be greater than the former. I don't need you to get stuck on what you're going through, but I need you to get stuck on what he's doing. He says, I love you too much to leave you where you are, so I'm going to cleanse you, I'm going to sanctify you. Uh, I'm going to purify you uh, because can I tell you the word of the Lord has not changed. Uh, He said when you see everything that you see right now currently, uh, look up uh, for your redemption draws nigh. Uh, Can I tell you, I've heard it all my life. uh, Jesus is coming. uh, But i got to tell you this morning, uh, he's not just coming, uh, but he is getting ready to mount uh, and he's getting ready to make his entrance uh, and you and I better go through the process. Uh, We better go get back to where sanctification and purity is reigning in our lives. We got to let faith arise and when faith arises, listen, we're about to experience him on a level that we've never known because he is still the God that responds to men and women of faith. Listen, don't let your circumstance steal you from your miracle. Don't let your circumstance keep you from your joy but begin to get your eyes on Jesus this morning because God is going to do what he said we must be like Jarius no matter what we hear no matter what we see we must choose to believe don't bother the master any longer she's already dead he heard it Jesus said, just believe. He arrives at his house. Get this now. What he had just heard, he now sees. The mourners was there. Oh, it's over. Oh, it's over. I run into them every day of the week, man. You'd think you would get tired of mourning. It's over. But his eyes began to see. This baby girl, 12 years old, lying there. Jesus said, just do me one thing, Jarius, just put all these people out of your house. Just get them out of there. So I have to overcome what I heard, and I have to overcome what I see, and I have to let faith arise. Maybe maybe it wasn't so bad for Jarius when He's walking with Jesus. He said, ah, oh, that just believe only. I'm still walking with you. Maybe his mind was saying, well, maybe she's just asleep. Maybe they just got it wrong. Maybe she's not. Maybe that's an inaccurate report. But then when he gets up there and he sees it, what do I do now? Because some of you not just heard the report, but some of you seen the report in action. What do you do now? Well, I can have faith or I can mourn with the rest of them. I can have faith and believe that nothing's too hard for him or I can just sit down and quit and just wait for disaster and devastation. What am I going to do? Jairus, I told you just to believe. All of a sudden, it looks at the situation and it looks back to Jesus. Looks at the situation and looks back to Jesus. But when you look unto Jesus, yes. I believe that he is. No, I know that he is. I've just walked with him and I know, I know who he is. Can I, can I ask you to go down memory lane with me just for a moment? To that thing that you thought was going to be the end of you five years ago, or fifteen years ago, or five months ago, and but you looked unto Jesus, and and guess what? It, he turned it around and made it right. But now all this other stuff's happened, and now the enemy says, "Oh, it's over. It's over for America. It's over for the church in America. It's over for the family." It's over for holiness. It's over for this., it's over. No, I, I think I'll just just look unto Jesus. When I look, as Isaiah did, he caught a glimpse of not a lamb being led to slaughter, but he caught a glimpse of one sitting on the throne and his train filled the temple. I preached a message some years ago. Some of you may remember. If you don't, shame on you. You should remember what I preach. <laughs> but I preached from Isaiah chapter 6. And I did some research. And I thought, why in the world is it referenced in such a manner that I saw the Lord high and lifted up and His train filled the temple? It didn't make any sense to me. I thought just women wore trains on wedding days. But the train that filled the temple was what was his robe, his royal robe. And every time a king would go out to battle and he would defeat an adversary, he would cut off the train of their royal garment and then he would bring it back home and he would have his kingdom so that train. Onto his. So depending on how many battles you've been in and how many victories you've won, determined on how long of a train you had. And when Isaiah looked up, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Let that sink in for a moment. Can I tell you, at Calvary, he done defeated cancer. He cut the tail off and said, sew it on my robe. Heart disease is done over that. Sugar diabetes has done been defeated as well. Every ailment that ever come, every demonic force that would be able to try to wreck your life, wreck your marriage, God says, I've already got victory over every bit of that. But the thing is, people don't understand how much victory he actually possesses unless they look unto him. And this morning, when you look unto Jesus, can I tell you, no matter what you have need of right now, if you'll look in the holy temple of God, it's already attached to the robe that he's wearing. You don't need to beg. You don't need to anguish. You just need to believe. My God is able, Not because he has to pick up a sword today and go fight a new battle. He already fought and won. That which you have need of today. But the question is, will you allow faith to arise? As they come to the music this morning. As we find ourselves in a place where we must believe, there's four things that I want to give you very quickly. Four things I want to give you very quickly. You'd say, man, I want to believe, preacher. I want to believe. Number one, you've got to look unto Jesus, as we've said, but there's four other things I want to give you about growing and increasing and awakening your faith very quickly. You and I as men and women of faith, if we're going to be what God is calling us to be in this season, in this hour, once again, we're going to have to become men and women that pray. Prayer not only increases, but it always awakens faith. Luke chapter 17, verse 5, Mark chapter 9, verse 24, makes it very clear that when one prays, there's an awakening and increasing of faith and let me insert this your prayer time is not a time for you just be the only one that speaks some of the most powerful moments of my prayer time is when i'm sitting and saying nothing and just sitting in the presence of the lord and say god just speak to me today Some of the most precious moments comes. And when I begin to just sense him speaking into my spirit, something happens. My faith just begins to just to boil up, begin to increase. Secondly, this morning. Is gain an understanding of the power of faith because that increases faith. You say that sounds a little strange. But how many knows you have to understand how much power something has in order to use it properly? Luke chapter 17, verse number six, it says, And the Lord said. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamore tree, Be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. See, it's not about how much faith, it's about understanding how much power just a little faith possesses. All throughout Scripture, you can see where it says, this type of faith and that type of faith and perfected faith and extreme faith. You you can go through the whole spectrum. But the Lord himself said, you know, it's really not so much about a bushel basket of faith. It's about understanding just how much a little mustard seed of faith can do. You know, it don't take a whole lot of Positive things to make the atmosphere become positive but at the same time it also don't take much negativity to make the atmosphere become a negative place as well see when you understand the power that's in faith you can't help but begin to increase your faith because it begins to what you to desire more thirdly this morning is this hearing the word of God always increases our faith I'm hearing this more and more often I've heard it throughout my life but I'm hearing it more and more often well I don't have to go to church to be saved I'll give you that I'll give you that. But I will also tell you this I've never seen a wolf attack a herd of sheep. He always attacks the one that's by itself because it's easy pickings. And in a culture where everybody says, well, you don't really have to go to the house of God and and I know we all live busy lives, but I'm going to tell you, every generation before us, they live busy lives too. And they was in church on Sunday, they was on church on twice on Sunday, they was on church on Saturday, there's on church Wednesday and Thursday. And yes, they did do three and four-week revivals, not once a year, but every other month, I think. Because it's what they did, it's what they was. And you say, maybe that's extreme. Well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I, I'm not going to debate that this morning, but I'm going to say this. There was something powerful in that air, because they was always setting under the preaching of the Word. Now, there is faith that can arise when you read the Word and we should read the Word, but there's something about the preaching of the Word. It's something about guys and gals that God anoints to be preachers that makes us seem foolish, that makes you laugh. Because, listen, I'll be the first to tell you that when we preach, sometimes we, we misspeak and you all make fun of that. We, uh, we, we, uh, our words get slurred and all of those things, but there's something about the uniqueness of the preaching that's anointed that makes things vivid. And there's actually research in the secular world that shows us that through when somebody gets a vivid picture of a story, it impacts their life on a greater manner than if they just read the story you say why do you say that is because the word of the Lord says that when you see everything going on in our world today that we should assemble ourselves the more so not forsaking it but the church in America and other places we're doing completely opposite and I will tell you this that disobedience is not viewed very good in the sight of the Lord just talk to Saul about that but when you come and center the preaching of the word and that's why I encourage you throughout your week Make sure you have the word on. Not just worship. Worship is good. Set the stage for worship. Absolutely. But there's something about hearing the word. Romans 10 and 17 makes it very clear. 1 Corinthians 1.21 says, through the foolishness of preaching, Nehemiah 8:5 through 8, talks about the importance of hearing the spoken word of God. So if you need faith, You say, I'm struggling this week, preacher. Listen, there's a lot of wonderful men and women that you have the ability to listen to at any given time now like no other generation has. And you should be tapping in and hearing the word of the Lord and let faith arise. If you're in a very difficult season right now, if you're needing a miracle, you need to be listening to the preaching of the word. And fourthly is this, when we join our prayer with fasting, I know some of you I just lost you right there it changes things drastically the conversation that Jesus had with his disciples at the foot of the mountain in Matthew chapter 17 verse 19 through 21 he simply said this to them when they asked the question why could we not take care of this demonic force?" he said because that kind only goes out by prayer and fasting when you and I get to a place where we pray when we get to a place where we understand how much power faith is, and when we get to a place where we're willing to set under the preaching of the Word and we're willing to push back the plate and bring this temple, temporal house into alignment with the spiritual mandate of heaven, the result is faith begins to come. And when faith begins to come, You'll see a shepherd boy go pick up a stone and stand in front of a seasoned warrior that has a breastplate and a helmet, a shield, and a sword. And he'll say, I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he began to swing that thing. And if you read that story of David, he didn't walk, but he ran with patience. What did he do? He ran in a steady manner. And when he ran in a steady manner, notice this, that stone hit its mark. When you're steady, you'll hit your mark every time. How steady are you this morning? What are you allowing to move you? What are you allowing to steal your joy, your peace, your rest? This morning, when faith increases in your life, doesn't matter if the situations in the world change or not, but when faith begins to increase in your life, here's what happens there's an increase of more love, there's more joy, there's more peace, there's more gentleness, there's more goodness, there's more meekness, there's more temperance, there's more righteousness, there's more holiness, there's more obedience. And there's more virtue. What is virtue? Power. I want to leave you with this. If I could paint this picture for you this morning a frail body with not much strength left. Oh, she was weak. she had spent all she had everybody had tried everything in the natural but it just didn't work but she heard and she said if I could just but touch the hem of his garment I believe I can be made whole while the world was saying you can't be near where you should be saying unclean, unclean and all this other stuff. She said, I'm just going to look unto Jesus. She laid aside every weight that had beset her. In her weakness, in the midst of her sin, in the midst of her shortcoming, she began to push and make her way and when she touched the hem of his garment, wish I could tell you that what she touched was not just an earthly realm, but the hem of his garment that was probably hemmed in blue, which is a picture of heavenlies. When she pushed through all of the stuff and touched heaven, virtue came into her body that left his. I'm not making light of your situation today. Here's what I want you to hear me this morning. The American church and the American Christians become so proud and so arrogant that we're afraid to get down on our knees because somebody might say something to us. But if we let faith arise and we begin to look to Jesus, we won't have a problem getting on our knees and crawling and pushing our way through just to get to him. And when she touched him, something changed. I stand here today without hesitation and tell you this, that when faith is present, miracles are commonplace. And God is desiring to move on your families. He's desiring to move on your behalf. He's desiring to move in this nation. And he is moving. But somebody's gotta let faith arise. Don't matter how difficult it may seem. Don't matter what you hear, what you see. Get your eyes off all of that and look unto Jesus and know this, that God is still God as we stand all over the house this morning there is a miracle in the making today the question is will you let faith arise in you Stand before you today, just a mere man. I don't have the ability in myself to accomplish a whole lot. But the God that lives and dwells inside of me is able to do exceedingly abundantly whatever I ask or think. And I'm letting my faith arise this morning. I know what the enemy is saying, I know what the enemy is doing know the traumatic affairs of our day the enemy is laughing saying I'm, I'm accomplishing what he doesn't realize is there's a, an arising of faith this morning He is not our problem our problem is ourself if we're not looking unto Jesus so today here's all I'm going to ask you to do I'm just going to ask you to refocus we don't need Mr. Wonderful our sister altogether lovely praise God that he uses them but all we need to do is just be us and we need to look unto Jesus and we need to lay aside if you come in here carrying something today you need to lay it aside and you need to let faith arise and if you'll do that he will show himself on your behalf I believe that wholeheartedly but the question is will you believe will we bury a generation or will we see them supernaturally be restored will we believe as they just began to minister in song this morning if you'd say pastor there's some things in my life that I just need to lay aside I'm not questioning your salvation. I'm not questioning your walk with God. I'm just saying all of us are human. and We all let stuff attach itself to us. And it makes us lose sight of the big picture sometimes. But if I haven't told you already, let me tell you this, this morning, God loves you. Oh, how he loves you. And he has good things for you. And he desires to move on your behalf. So won't you come this morning? Let's find a place to pray. Let's call out to the Lord this morning and say, God, I make myself available. If you want special prayer this morning, we'd love to pray with you today. Hi everybody, It's Pastor Jade Abrams here. I want to thank you for joining us today. And I also want you to connect with us. You can find us on all the social media platforms listed below. And we would love to catch up with you, hear what God has spoke to you, and continue to follow us. And we love you and God bless you.